everyone, welcome into your weekly sports breakdown. I'm Asher, uh, co-hosting um, alongside Jackson, and today is a special day. It is, uh, well, every day is a special day, but um, today on the podcast, we are going to, as the title would likely suggest, uh, we don't know what the title is yet, but it'll probably say that um, we're going to recap the divisional NFL games. There were some surprises, some non-surprises. Um, and there's been a giant shift in power in the NBA recently. So, yeah, Jackson, what was the what was the big NBA trade that happened? Yeah, okay. So, there was a very, very large um, three-team deal in which the Nets acquired James Harden from the Rockets. Um, he was not happy with the Rockets. Everybody knew that. Uh, a lot of stories were coming out about how apparently... Um, like, on game nights where they didn't have games, like, for the past few seasons, he was uh, taking private jets to Las Vegas to party, which really makes him me not respect him that much, um, you know, as a player, and shows that he really wasn't committed to the Rockets franchise. So, the Rockets realized that he has been the problem for the past few years, and they have gone into rebuilding mode, acquiring um, four first-round picks um, in this trade, and four first-round pick swaps, which means basically if the Nets get better first-round picks, then they can just, uh, then the uh, Rockets do, then they can just uh, swap them out. Uh, but anyway. Plus Victor Oladipo. Yes, but that was like kind of like a side thing. Yes, but they acquired Victor Oladipo. Well, he's an all-star. What? He was an all-star. He's still well, very, well, very good. I'm not, well, it wasn't part of the three-team deal. That was a fourth thing. That, that's why I said side thing. It's not like okay. it wasn't a big well, thing. Well, like, then they got Karis Lilvert. They got Karis Yeah, but they traded him to the pages for Victor Oladipo. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, but the real story here was that the Nets got James Harden. So now they have a big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Now, will this big three work or not? I don't know. They're three very ball-dominant players. Um, Kevin Durant can move without the ball for sure. James Harden and Kyrie Irving, not so much. They have to have the ball in their hands, dribbling. Yeah. Will one of them be able to sacrifice? That remains to be seen. Will they even be able to create um, without the ball in their hands 100% of the time? That remains to be seen. You're putting two of the most ball-dominant guards in recent history together on this team. So it could work. Obviously, it could end up um, just like absolutely blowing up and the Nets winning the championship for... Um, like maybe even multiple times, or it could end up a massive failure, as has happened with James Harden in the past, with you know Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. Um, there have been instances of failure before, but um, obviously yeah. this is a huge trade. Um, James Harden doing James Harden things in his first game with the Nets, uh, thirty point triple double, first time in NBA history that a player has recorded a thirty point triple double on a new team. Um, with James Harden, I'm not really surprised. Um. Uh, but Kyrie Irving has been out due to um, COVID or personal reasons, or nobody really knows. But Kyrie Irving hasn't been playing recently, um, so we sh- maybe he's uh, maybe he's going to the end of the earth to try and prove that it's flat. Oh yeah, true. Because he's a flat. Yeah, earther. maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, uh, Kyrie Irving. Nobody really knows what's going on with him. Um, there have been actually some rumors that he's going to get traded away because it's coming out that he's a little bit of a. Um, a head case, I guess you could say, but uh, you yeah. know, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, if they can mold and if they can, with Kevin Durant being I think the second highest scorer in the league this year and 
the highest scorer that highest, doesn't have inflated stats. No, Bradley Beal is highest, but like you know, he's on the Wizards. Oh yeah, Bradley Beal. Um, but you yeah. know, it'll be very interesting to see this team can either be um an incredibly good team, or it could end up being like the 2012, I think, or 2013 Lakers, in which they acquired Steve Nash and Dwight Howard to go along with Kobe Bryant, and that just completely failed. So it could we could have a situation like that on our hands, or we could have the next dynasty now that the Warriors have fallen. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, needless to say, a lot of... Um... There are a lot of opinions on how will the Nets do this year, but it's going to be exciting, and I'd say the Nets are probably the odds-on favorite to win the NBA this year. Maybe the Lakers, but prob- maybe the Nets, yeah. so who knows? Um, yeah. I, those two are clearly the top tier now, Um. so it's going to be exciting. Boston Celtics are pretty good, too. Yeah, they're all, they're all except good. For last, except for last, but yeah, Boston Celtics are looking, are looking pretty good. They have two of the top ten scorers yeah. in the league right now, but... Yes, but, uh, yeah, but anyway, Jackson, you've been stalling for this, for this topic long enough, but the time has come, and by that, I mean, I have officially taken a lead in one of the predictions records of three this season. Now, um, for those of you who are loyal fans and remember everything we say, um, and also, like the NFL, you would know that Jackson and I both went 2-2 two and two in the divisional round. Now, I thought the Browns would win. They nearly pulled off an upset, but they lost to the Chiefs. And um, Jackson thought the Ravens would win. They were stifled 17-3 against the Bills. Yeah. So, both of us picked up a loss there, and then we both got the Saints wrong. Suffice to say, we were both 2-2 two and two this, this, um, this week. So that puts our overall records at six and four, a respectable sixty uh, percent on the season, or uh, not on the season, well in the playoffs. But if you were to look at our spread predictions, now that is a different story. We entered the divisional round. Uh, Jackson was up by a by a game on me, and let's just say he had a poor showing in this divisional round. Uh, Jackson, would you like to tell the viewers what happened? Yeah, so um, I went one and three um, in the spread, and Asher went three and one. So I'm now done by a, yeah. down by a whole one game. So wasn't actually that bad. Um, I still I still can't turn this around, but you know this, it's not fun for this to be my. There are first. only three games left. What? Yeah, I know, I know. There are only three we're games placing left. heavier value on the next. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we were going to tell them anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we only we deemed it only fair that for the for the conference championship and then of course the Super Bowl, it can't only count as just one game, yeah. right? Because at this point it's almost over. So I believe what we're gonna do is we're gonna have the um, the conference games count for two points, and we're going to have the Super Bowl count for. But three. what about the spread, Asher? Will the spread increase. The spreads, I believe, will be. Equal, yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, equal importance, yeah. I believe. Um, what we could do is we could say you have two points. You can earn a total of two points. You could put one point on each team. So no matter what, you're getting one, or you could take the <sighs> risk to get two. Okay. I think that's something we. Could okay, do. that's a good idea. I like it. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So for the for the conference games, um, we're gonna have a podcast coming out Friday or Saturday because uh, the games are on yeah. Sunday. But um, we're gonna have the podcast coming out sometime then. We're we're gonna go um all over the um conference championship games. There are only two games, so we can spend a lot of time on yeah. them. And yeah, so we're gonna have two total, sort of like two games, and we could like give a game to each team. So no matter what, we get one if we don't feel confident. Or if we do feel confident, we can give uh, both to one team. And same with the spread. So, um, yeah, so then we're, Jackson said it, we're going over the hardened trade. And we're going to give each team a grade. And then to wrap things up, we are going to uh, sort of dive into these four teams. Give them a ranking for, um, I think we said it was their quarterbacks, uh, running backs, and receivers. And then their rush defense and pass defense. So there are only four teams, so we're going to do ranking out of four for each of those categories. And, uh, yeah, so let's just jump right into it. Um, Jackson, are you ready for the weekly recap? Yes. Okay, well, would you like to start us off? Um, what happened in the first divisional game this week? Uh, Asher, actually, can you start us off? I'm not uh, quite prepared yet. Okay, so... In this first divisional round, I believe it was the Packers um, staying in Lambeau Field, uh, taking on the uh, two years ago almost won the Super Bowl uh, Rams, who looked a lot different. They were an offensive, high-flying, superpower team in 2018 when they made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, This playoff run, they were centered around their defense, and... Suffice to say, the they did not stop the Packers. The Packers put up 32 points to the Rams' 18, and the the Packers just had a lead, and they sort of just held it, and, you know, the Rams kind of kept it close the entire game, and then the Packers just sort of pulled away, and that's what Aaron Rodgers will do to you. He ended up with um, 23 of 36 for 296 and 2, through the air, he also ran for a touchdown. That play was really that was a great play by Aaron Rodgers. He had a um, he had a play action bootleg in the second quarter, and he just made um, I believe it was Leonard Floyd for the Rams. He just completely made a miss with a pump fake. It was it was so funny. He just like jumped in the air, and then Aaron Rodgers just like ran yeah. around him, and then just like touched the ball at the pylon. Yeah, that that play was pretty cool. But yeah, so anyway. Um, Jackson, what did you see out of the Rams, or what did you see out of the Packers? Like, how do you think, you know, how do you think the Packers are looking after this game? Yeah, well, I think the Packers, um, I think this is a definitely a good win for morale. But, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't have expected anything else. Um, the Rams kind of squeaked their way into the into the playoffs yeah. this year. Um, I, yeah, I, I, even though I didn't pick them against the Seahawks, I was actually kind of surprised myself when they did win that game. Um, you know, we all knew that they were a very inconsistent offensive team. And like I said before, um, the Packers, um, I think in 12 out of the, the 13 wins in the um, regular season, they won by more than six and a half points, which is the projected spread for this game. So, um, so yeah, they did it again. Um, when the Packers beat you, they beat you with offense. And that means that they end up destroying you a lot of the times. So yeah. um, that's what happened in this game. Um the Rams' defense, even though um, it was one of the best in the league, could just not hold the Packers. And I think that the Packers' case for being maybe the best team in the league 
um, just got stronger with this game. They've shown that um, their offense can handle any defense. If you can score 32 points against the Rams, um, then you're in a pretty good spot. So um, I think that the yeah. Packers um, are definitely, definitely um, a really, really big threat for winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it's always a good sign when um, you only have to punt two times against the uh, the league's best defense. You put up 32 points, and um, you sort of just, like, kneel off the, the end of the game where you probably could have scored again had you needed to slash wanted to. In the Packers' case, they were, like, driving in the red zone, and then they got the last first down. The Rams had all their timeouts used up, so they just kneeled, kneeled the game away. So, yes, um... So long story short, the Packers are really good. I don't think anyone expected anything else. But the Ravens, my oh my, the Baltimore Ravens in this game had a complete and utter collapse. This, I mean, yeah, but the Bills, they were just the Bills didn't play their best either good. this game. Um, yeah, I guess you could they, call it that. There was, I mean, the, they, the Bills won this game yeah. in the third quarter. Um, you know. Yes. In the third quarter, they scored two touchdowns, but that was that was the main offense that they could muster throughout the game. Um, in well, quarters two and four, they didn't defense. even score. Um, then again, the Ravens only scored in one quarter, so uh, so yeah. no knock on the Bills. Um, but you know, this is just uh, you know, I actually I actually will say that I did kind of predict um the fact that the Bills would have an off game against the Ravens. Um. Because the Ravens, one of the best defenses in the league, um, and the Bills did, in fact, have an off game. The Bills um, are, are just showing more of their inconsistently in- inconsistency offensively. Um, you know, yeah, it's looking like, uh, you know, they Ravens, Rams, very similar um, defenses. The Bills could only manage 17 against the Ravens, whereas the Packers managed 32 against the Rams, right? So, um, I think that, that this is yeah. just, you know, Packers showing that they are, I mean, the remaining teams are, um, they're all very offensive heavy, I will say. Um, they're yes. all offensive teams. There's no... But yes. Packers, I think, showing that they're in a little bit of a class of their own this week, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um... So, yeah, I mean, the Bills didn't play their best game offensively, but the Ravens, the Ravens just choked. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, although, I mean, I have to say, this game was a lot closer than it seems. Than it, than it seems, because, look, the Ravens, the Ravens were, um, I don't know exactly where they were, but uh, Lamar Jackson threw a 101-yard pick six. So... Take, um, just say for, for argument's sake, um, everything about the game is the exact same, although instead of a, uh, pick six, that's a touchdown, and you have a 10-10 game. Yeah, exactly. So, and it was, it was a lot closer, but neither of these teams really showed up to the task, although, the Bills have won, like, eight straight now. Yeah. So, I mean, say what you want about them, but, but yeah, they're on a streak. Yeah, and, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league last year was almost the, uh, kind of the reason they lost this game, if I'm being honest with you. Only threw up yeah, 160 he not, yards. He was, he got, his arm, he, once, once teams figure out 
that you're a rushing quarterback, um, that you're a running quarterback, and you don't have an arm, that's an issue, you know? Like, Russ, Russell Wilson, he yeah. can do both. Lamar Jackson, not so much. So, um... Yeah, and that was that was seen in I believe it was week six against the Chiefs, where he just he was he just completely fell apart. This was one of those games, yeah. and look, it's the playoffs. One of those games costs you, and your season's over. So, tough luck, Ravens fans. We're sorry. Um, get another quarterback in the playoffs because Lamar Jackson is zero three in his playoff career. I yeah, believe. or maybe it's one and three. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is so. Um, he should he. Yeah. Honestly speaking, he should not be a quarterback. He he's an NFL athlete for sure, a very high level NFL he athlete. A, he's yeah, he should be a running back. Running back, maybe. I, I, think actually, I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's like yeah, big enough to play running back. Running backs are really really strong. I don't know yeah. if he's strong enough to that, but yeah. Speaking of strong running backs, the Chiefs versus the Browns. It wasn't actually a running back, although Mr. Chad Henney. Mr. Chad Henney was, um, he was the reason that they won. Look, the Chiefs against the Browns, um, won Patrick Mahomes, got himself concussed, and the Browns couldn't capitalize. They, um, it looked like they were going to win. They had the ball. They they had all the momentum. They had scored the last 14 points. It was 22-17, and they had the ball to drive, and they just, like, Bigger Mayfield just kind of fell apart, and mm-hmm. they punted, and then the Chiefs had to get, like, two first downs, and may I say, that call by Andy Reid was one of the most gutsy calls I've ever seen. It was fourth and inches. You have your backup QB, who hasn't started um, before before week 17, where, where they were resting their starters. A backup quarterback who hasn't started an NFL game since 2014. Oh, my God. On fourth and inches, um, instead of just staying there and trying to draw the uh, the defense offsides, play action bootlegs it and gives him the read of the defense. Yeah. And Chad Henney delivered, and he and he found Tyre uh, Kill, and that secured the win for the Kansas City Chiefs. And well, you know, I mean, it was a close that, yeah, game. Yeah, that's the Chiefs. Way. I thought the Browns yes, would win. Man. I thought the Browns would win. If you were to look. If you were to watch from three minute from like five minutes left in the third quarter until five minutes left in the fourth quarter, you would probably agree with me. You would yeah. say, "Oh, the Browns are going to win. Patrick Mahomes is out. They have all momentum. They're they've been scoring. Look, the Browns are going to win." And then they lost. Yep. Because I think that was a bad decision to punt personally for the Browns on fourth and five or whatever it was. But you know, I mean, the Chiefs. I don't think they can get Patrick Mahomes back. For this week, which really that's, sucks because that's bad for the Chiefs for sure. Concussion. How long does a concussion protocol does it take for the for a team for a player to get out of the concussion? I think protocol? it depends. I believe. Yeah, it depends. Well, but I, how long I should it take, and how long will it take in the playoffs? Is you know, like they're, they're doing everything yeah, although, they can to get Patrick. Um, yeah, although they do have a um, they have an independent neurologist who examines him, like not a team oh, doctor. Oh, got team doctor it. Would All be right. biased. But yeah, I mean they. I mean he is their five hundred yeah. million dollar man. Also, it is better so for the NFL if he does play because viewer ratings are going to go up. So, you know. Yeah, although I don't think the NFL really has to really cares. I mean, like hundreds of millions of people. Of millions That's true. Of people. people are going to watch yeah. it anyway. Hundreds yeah. of millions of people. Yeah. 
Um, although, I mean, billions of people watch our pod- podcast every yeah, week, so. so, you know, we have some viewership ratings also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, um, yeah, but it's, yeah, if the Chiefs don't get Patrick Mahomes back, I'm, yeah, it really sucks for them. Yeah, um, and I, I just want to... It's really tough if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which I am not, so I'm very thankful that Patrick Mahomes is a concussion, because I would hate to see them win. Yeah, also, I think that nobody's really talking about it, but the fact that the Browns did this well this season is absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. Absolutely insane. Um, Kevin Stefanski is going to win Coach of the Year. We did, yes. um, we did Coach of the Year predictions. I completely forgot about the Browns. He's definitely going to win Coach of the Year. He was, he, like, he, what were the Browns last season? I think they were, like, 3-13 and 13 oh, yeah, they were or all. something. Yeah, they were a joke last year. I think that the, that, uh, the Washington football team even beat them last year. If I'm not mistaken. Last year, they were 6-10. and 10. The year before that, they were 7-8-1. and 1. And then the year before that, they were own sixteen. Yeah. So, props to uh, props to the Browns head coach. I believe it's Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. is his name. But yeah, but yeah. props to him but for he, turning this Browns team around. Look at this though. He did a really good job. Okay, Cleveland is thirteenth in points per game, and twenty second in points allowed per game. So, oh yeah, they had a they had a um, negative point. I know. Control. Yeah. When they won, when they won, it was a slim victory. And when they lost, they got blown up. Yeah. By so literally, I actually made a point of that earlier yeah, in the season. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're right. They were actually a below average team in terms of points this season. If you average it out, seventeen yeah. and a half. They or they would be like the seventeenth best team in the NFL. And they managed to make yeah. it this far and almost make winning against the Chiefs. Like that is. And I would, that, that is the definition I'd of playing say to your competition level, I'd say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say they are the... Um, they were the second-best division team to lose. So that puts them around six in terms of best teams of the season. Yeah, that is a crazy... I'd say, I'd say Saints are probably the best team that lost. Yeah, then that, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, like, um, they yeah. really do play to their competition level. They'll, they'll make it a close game... Um, but like you said, you know, they'll also get blown out. So, yeah, just a very interesting team. Not a, not a team you would expect to be so good, but they were good. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but speaking about the Saints, um, that's the Saints. Um, yeah, the Saints yeah, are Yeah, this is a Saints sad day for um, anybody who doesn't live in Florida or Massachusetts, I think. Yeah. Or e- maybe even for people that live in Massachusetts, because... Yes, yes, good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. I I hate to say it, that was probably Drew Brees' last game, I think. You know, in the NFL. who knows? Competitors... Prob- I think he's probably gone. Maybe, but, com- you know, he's a competitor. Maybe maybe he's maybe he can't go out on this note, losing to his rival. Maybe that's just not for yeah. him. Yeah. I, I know I probably wouldn't, unless I had major health concerns. Although, you know. Yeah, I'm going to look at Drew Brees' contract. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, 
Oh, apparently he's on contract next year, I believe. Oh, okay, that's good. Although I don't know, he he could retire. He could retire. You don't. I would. Yeah. I don't know. He's forty three. His arm strength is not like good. non-existent. Yeah. They brought in. It was funny. They Jameis Winston threw a fifty six yeah, touchdown. Yeah, that was the only pass of the game. Because <laughs> no, yeah, because they brought in Jameis Winston to throw the ball yeah. deep. They like never yes, throw it deep. Yes, that, yes, that's it's funny. funny. He just throws ten yard yeah. takedowns. But although I see. He's an average quarterback in the league Brees, still. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, it, he reads the defenses really, really yeah, well. It, yeah, it, it accounts for his, when he plays, lack of physical his capability. But, you know, yeah. um, if this is his last game, he did not go out on a bang. Uh, only threw for 134 yards. He choked even worse than Lamar Jackson. That's really, really bad. Three interceptions. That's really bad. Three interceptions. Yeah, so he was the reason they lost this game. Like, just make no mistake. There's no sugarcoating it. Um, yeah. He, he choked. Oh, no. I don't I don't think the Saints lost the game. I think the Bucks. Okay, won. Okay, okay, fair enough. And that, that's just Tom Sure, Brady. sure. But Tom also, Brady. had he played even, like, an average game? Who knows? Who knows? You know? Um, but, I, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's a legend. At this old, it's remarkable he's even still playing, you know? So, there's only so much you can expect from him. There's only so much you can expect from him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so the Bucks, they won. They're they're really good, you know. Yeah, just as much as I they, like don't really like Tom Brady, you got to you got to you got to respect he, him. He's, he's he the is, definition of a playoff he's player. He's likely yeah. the He's likely going to go down as the best quarterback in history, especially if he wins this year. If he wins this year, there's no, not even at 44. He is the best quarterback in history. No question. I think right now there's right an now argument there's for, Joe for Joe Montana. Montana, I think, yeah. Not if yeah. yeah, not if he was. I I I, I personally because I hate Tom Brady, still think that Joe Montana is the best. Actually, I I, I I amend that claim. I think that Sammy Baugh is the best quarterback of all time. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Played for the um now Washington football team, you know, then called the Redskins. Um, played for them um in the uh like thirties and forties, I think. Just like. Absolutely legendary. Retired with like every single passing record that there was, um, and he was I one year that this is back when players played two ways, right? They played offense and defense. Yeah. He led the league in passing yards, led the league in interceptions, and he was also a punter. Led the league in punting yards. So, absolutely insane. Um, probably most well-rounded player of all time, probably. But whatever. Okay. I don't know what you were just talking He's about. He's really good, Asher. But Sammy Ball. Okay. Look him up. I'll I'll look him up. Anyway, um I think it's time to move on to our NBA segment. Although I believe we should since we're on the topic of the NFL teams, do you want to just go through the the NFC championship team or AFC the four teams left, their rankings? Yeah, why not? You want to start it off? Okay. Yeah, so um we have quarterbacks and there are four. Um, yes, Patrick Mahomes got uh, got a concussion and he's injured. I'm just not going to count that. So you have Mahomes, Rodgers, uh, Brady, and Josh Allen. Now, this is really interesting because you have four of wow. the top... Yeah, that's stacked. Five quarterbacks in... Who do you think would be fifth? Uh... Probably, I mean, 
mean, you can make an argument for um, Russell Wilson, I guess. Oh, yeah. Maybe Kyler Murray. Maybe you make... Maybe Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Sure. Probably. Maybe. I, I'd, I'd say Kyler Murray. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, these four quarterbacks are great. Tom Brady. Outstanding season. And considering he's 40... I don't want to put a, put an um, exclamation on the fact that he's 44 and doing this because, you know, it doesn't really yeah. matter. He's 44, yes, but, you know, it, do, it doesn't really matter that um, he's 44. All that matters are, is what he's doing. And he's great. He led his team to an 11-5 record. They won the wild card. They won the division. They're not slowing down. But um, So he's the um, unstoppable force. And then you have the immovable object in Aaron Rodgers. And... He's likely going to be the MVP this year, and rightfully so. He was probably one of the best. He was. It's really hard. There's a case for all four of these, all four of these, but I believe you have a top two, and I'm gonna go number four. Josh Allen, because yeah. I think, yeah, I mean he was he's just a little too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So then you get Tom Brady at number three, and. Patrick Mahomes is really, 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 really great. And so is Aaron Rodgers, and it's really tough. But I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers number yeah. one. Agreed. Because he just was amazing this year. He probably had his career best in numbers or anything. I'm not looking at it, just like going off of what I know. And then you get Patrick Mahomes number two. I think that's the top four quarterbacks this year. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, and Allen. Maybe you had Brady and Allen switch. Uh, yeah, I, I so think. I did at first yeah. because this is a tough one. If you're talking about regular season, it's, it's regular season versus playoffs. You know what I mean? Um, if we're yeah. talking about regular season, I have to put Josh Allen ahead of Tom Brady. But Oh, I was considering everything. Oh, everything? Oh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady's better than Josh Allen. Um, I mean, honestly... It feels stupid not putting Tom Brady at one. Just being honest with you. Yeah, although it's but, Aaron Rodgers. But you, but you can't put him at one just because he doesn't he doesn't have the same production during the regular season. He just didn't. So yeah. I, I'm going to have to put him at three probably because I prioritize postseason versus um, um, regular season, obviously. Um, Josh Allen... Does he have the potential to end up topping this list? Um, or, y- y- you know Definitely. what I mean. Like, uh, does he have the potential? But whatever. What I'm trying to say is Josh Allen has a lot of potential, but he's not quite there yet. So. Okay. So now, um, let's move on. We have our running backs. Now, we're just, I think we're talking overall. Yeah. Right? But it's it's overall plus their best player, yeah. I think, at running back. And for me, there's a clear number one, and then there's a teardrop. And yeah, for sure. that number one is Aaron Jones slash Green Bay Packers yeah. because he's on, he's he's a top ten running back in the league. None of these other teams have a claim to that, really. You have an argument for top five for Aaron Jones. He's unstoppable. There was one play he had against um, the Rams this week where he, <clears throat> I think it was Aaron Donald, maybe it was, Michael Brockers, but um, he was he was tackled. Like they wrapped him up and they threw him to the ground, and he he planted his arm in the ground and has kept his legs turning, got like five extra yards. Now I know it's not 
giant play, but he was just great. And and he's just, I mean, it's just, it's no question. I'm looking up the NFL stats right now just to see if there's like, uh, for for the, um, what is it? So in the, um, yeah, so in, in his one game, he rushed for 99 yards in the, in the postseason. Now the regular season, uh, he was fourth in rushing yards and you get, Okay, so Ronald Jones was then um, 12th. He was the next best person for, for, the, for the teams that are left. And Ronald Jones plus Leonard Fournette, I would, I would then give, um, I would give Tampa Bay the second best running back core because they, they can establish the ground game. And I don't think Kansas City or Buffalo really does that. They're more of an aerial yeah. attack. Rightfully so because they're quarterbacks. But... Um, yeah, so then three and four, I'm gonna have to put Kansas City and then Buffalo because Buffalo doesn't really have that good of a running back group. They have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, but I'm definitely gonna go. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna Kansas City and then Buffalo third and fourth. Yeah, yeah, you said it. Um, you know, Green Bay has a running game. Um, the other, these other teams don't really, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. I had uh. I had Kansas City ahead. If you want to look at, like, the best individual running backs, I'd say I'd put Clyde edwards there as, um, at number two. But if you want to look at the complete, I guess I'd put Tampa Bay, but Leonard Fournette kind of sucks at this point. Um, I don't know. Take your pick, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay for two or three. Um, if you want to go individual, i say Kansas City. If you want to go, um, overall... I'd actually say take your pick. So I'd, I'd probably put Kansas City at two. Um, then at three, I oh, have that's fair. Tampa Bay. And four, I have Buffalo. These are very pass-heavy teams. Um, the only team yeah. that really has a meaningful running game is Green Bay. Green Bay. So the other ones, it's like, yes. you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. So we're both pretty much in agreement. And now we have the receiver group. Um these um, this is these are four of the best five receiver groups in yes. the league. I would have probably the Seattle Seahawks in the top three. Okay, sure. I because Metcalf and Lockett, but um, receiver groups. Uh, this includes the tight end position. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna go Kansas City at number yeah. one because Travis Kelsey led the league in um, in receiving yards for tight ends. Not only that, he set the NFL record for most tight end yards in a season. And then you have Tyreek Hill, who's just completely unstoppable. He's double-teamed every single play, still gets open. You have McCole Hardman, who's a great speedster. Not to mention Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson. You have so much depth, so much speed. Kansas City's number one. Don't say that it's because of Patrick Mahomes, because when Chad Henney goes in, that receiver group still yes. shines. And that was evident in the, in the playoff game. And... Yeah, so Kansas City, although that one was really, really tough because the number two team, in my opinion, Tampa Bay, has a case for number one. Look, Travis Kelsey, um, Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski. I give that to Kansas City for the tight end group. Um, star wide receiver, Tyree Kill versus Chris Godwin, that's Tyree Kill. But second receiver and third receiver, Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, 
versus McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins? There's no question. It's Tampa Bay. But eh, Mike Evans is in that good, He's very he's good. Okay. He's a red zone target mostly, and he has some health issues, but he is very good. Um, I mean, he's he's a top 15 wide receiver still, um, which, you know, you have 32 teams with the best wide receiver. He is, or maybe he's not top 15, he's top 15, but he's a top 30 wide receiver. He's okay. He's a, he's a top 30. You know, he would be the number one wide receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals. Sure, yeah, yes. Yeah. Or the Jets or, you know, whatever. Um... But anyway, it's a tough decision for me, but I have to go with Kansas City just because of the stats they put up. They're by far the number one passing attack, and that's just the that's the difference for me. Um, talent, it's pretty much a wash, but if you look at results, it's Kansas City. So who do you have for, for one and two? Okay, so for one and two, it's actually slightly different than yours. For one, I have Kansas City. Um, okay. You can't, you can't, I don't think you can argue with that. Um. You know, just Travis Kelsey and um, Tyreek Hill alone. Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league by far. Um, he's just like a tight end. Um, and I think his main calling card is the fact that for a tight end, he's very fast, right? So um, he's really good. And then same thing with Tyreek Hill, except he's just like arguably the fastest player in the league. He and DK Metcalf would have a really good race. Um, you know... Uh, he can run. He can run like 23 miles an hour in pads. Apparently, he's just really, really fast. Um, um, yeah. I mean, he just like it's hard to cover. It's speed kills. You know. Um, you can. Yeah. Um, you can have a guy like look like going back a few years, many years. Uh, like Steve Largent, or even Jerry Rice, who wasn't that fast. Um, who aren't fast, but are still really good route runners and still get open. Tyreek Hill is just fast, you know? He just outruns guys. So, um, yeah. So I, I have to put Kansas City there. Then I'm actually going to put Buffalo at two just because I think okay. that Stephon Diggs is really, really good. Um, I know yeah. that you don't like him, Asher, because of fantasy uh, before this year. But um, but he is a very good player. Um, he was, uh, you know, make, making a case for being the best receiver in the league this year. Uh, he's a little inconsistent, I will say. He's a little inconsistent, but he can he can get a like rack up a ton of yards um, on any given night. I think he might have had the most out of any receiver this past week. I think. Uh, this past week or this season? I believe he had the most. Oh, uh, okay. Season. Maybe even also this past yeah, week. Yeah, he was he was the most yes. in the season. So he's really good. Um, and then you know after that it kind of slows down a little bit, but. John Brown is also a solid receiver. So, you know, um, I put them there just out of, mainly out of respect for Stephon Diggs. Um, also, just because those receive like, they can get so many points. Like, against the Dolphins, 56 points. They, they have nights where they just go absolutely crazy. And on their best nights, they can, they can, like, play against anybody. They, they... Then again, they have off they have off days yeah. too. But when they're when they're playing well, they're playing really, really well. So I, I decided to put them there. Then at a close third for me is Tampa Bay. Obviously, just really re- well rounded uh, receiving core. Um, you know, I say that um, Chris Godwin, in my opinion, is not as much of a star as some of these other guys. Um, but 
you know, like Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs, but he's still very good. And they, they have a very well-rounded um, receiving core, I'd say. They, uh, they just have, um, you know, if one guy's off on one night, um, then you just go to another guy, you know? Um, like, they don't, like, yeah. they don't really have many weaknesses, which is very good. That proves, that's why they're very consistent. Like, the Bills, the reason why they're pretty inconsistent is because they only have Stephon Diggs, basically, and that's it. Um, but when you have a ton of really good receivers on a team, that makes things much easier, even psychologically. I think it, um means that the quarterback just feels more comfortable Tom Brady not that he needs any help psychologically but you know um it's just it's a very good thing just to know that you're not going to have to worry about your receivers having an off night if you're a quarterback um that's something that Josh Allen doesn't really have the luxury of doing um and that Tom Brady does so um I think that they're very good and then I think at a clear fourth is Green Bay um oh that's interesting I actually had Green Bay over over Buffalo. Oh really? Okay. Well. Yeah, Buffalo. Name one really good wide receiver outside of Devontae. Uh, outside of Stephon. Yeah, Day I see what you mean. For Buffalo. Now. Yeah, I mean. You have Devontae Adams. You have MVS, and you have Alan Lazard, to go along with Robert Tunyon, and, I mean. You said Stephon Diggs was probably the best wide receiver in the league. Now, that's where I have to disagree. I'm definitely taking Devontae Adams number one. Look, he led the league in yards a game. He, um... So, Stephon Diggs had a very respectable eight touchdowns in uh, 16 games. Devontae Adams played 14 games. Guess how many touchdowns he had? I don't know. 18? Stephon Diggs had eight. Oh, 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 he had eight? Um, 14. 18. Oh, that's actually what I guessed the first time. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Devontae Adams had 18 in 14 games. That's impressive. He loved the league by far. Um, yeah, he's the number one wide receiver. Yeah, he's good. Okay. I'm just okay, going to sure. say it. He was fifth in, in receiving yards, missing two games. Um, so that's, that's pretty impressive. And... Yeah, so um, I'm gonna go with him, and he's just like he's just really, 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 really okay. good. Jalen Ramsey, number one quarterback, a uh, cornerback, could not um, could not stop him. Devontae Adams, what was his? What did he end up with his in his uh with his line? This this week. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Play that well. Yeah. So he had he had um, nine catches for sixty six yards, six yards and a touchdown. So. But that's, that's an off, that's an off not, game for him. I mean, yeah, 9 for 66 in a touchdown is not that bad. I mean, he made nine catches, but, so, I mean, yeah. he was being shadowed and double covered, double covered, and is the playoffs. It was the best pass defense in the league. So, that's that's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty, he's pretty unstoppable. And they just have more weapons than Buffalo. Other, I think Devontae Adams wins versus Stephon Diggs. Other than that, And they then def- you have the twos yeah, have and the threes. Weapons, but... That's a wash, pretty much. So I'm gonna take Green Bay. Okay, over yeah, Buffalo I see that. I, yeah, you kind of convinced me a little there. I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but nice. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So I believe now it's time for um. We have the team stats for best. Uh, uh, rushing defense and then passing defense. Yeah. So, um, 
rushing defense. I, you know, you pretty much have to go on yards a game. Mm-hmm. So, this one's yeah. pretty clear. Uh, can I can I say it? Uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Led the league by far. Um, in this category, only allowed eighty-two point two um yards per game. Uh, the second was in second was Indianapolis with ninety point eight. So. You know, they were just destroying everybody in terms of their um, run defense. Uh, pains me to say it, um, as a football team fan who prides uh, um, who prides the football t- uh, Washington on their um, on their uh, defensive line, but Tampa Bay defensive line is really, really, really good. So um, they, they're definitely the best team here. Um, and, you know, that's a big difference maker. Um, yeah. And, yeah. It, we're, we're, then I guess... I guess you then have the Packers in second. They're the next best. And then you have the Chiefs. And then in far last. Or no, yeah. Or no. Then Buffalo. Then the Chiefs. Chiefs don't really have that good of an of a, um, offense. A, a defensive line for, for rushing. True. And you know, defensive line can make a big difference when the, call, when the main um, attribute for all these teams is their quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Um, all of a sudden... Yeah. If you're the Saints playing the Chiefs, Tom Brady has much more time in the pocket than Patrick Mahomes does. So that can make a really big difference. That is when, um, you know, um, a, like two very equal quarterbacks can separate themselves a little bit. Um, not due to any fault of their own, but due to the fact that they um, have the benefit of, um, you know, not playing the best defensive line or have the misfortune of playing a really good defensive line. So, defensive line is a very big thing. Um, now, obviously, um, if your offensive line is good, that combats the defensive line and gives you more time in the pocket. Um, I always say that yeah. offensive line is actually the second most important position in the NFL because um, it, they open up gaps for... Well, it's a group of... Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, they yes. open up gaps for um, the running backs, but much more importantly... They give the quarterbacks much more time in the pocket, which allows plays to develop, and obviously just by math allows more time for the receivers to get open. So makes it a lot easier on the quarterbacks. Um, and yeah, it's this is a big difference maker, and um, this is I think part of why Tampa Bay has been going on this tear in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, they definitely hold the upper yeah. hand here. Then and just just um. Just to add a little icing on the cake there, um, Sacks is the exact same in order. because Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Buffalo, yes. Kansas City in terms of Sacks, which is the defensive line. And then you have passing defense. And um, that sort of tells a different story. Um, that actually, for the teams that are left, it goes Packers, Bills, Chiefs, pretty much the exact same. And then the Bucks are a little bit lower. And that sort of makes sense when you really focus on the on the run and you load up people in the box. There, there are going to be a lot of uh, passes, and you know all four of these teams run higher scoring games. But um, you know Green Bay had a very respectable um, seventh passing defense in the league. So you know Green Bay is number one, I believe, and then you get Buffalo, Kansas City, and then the Bucks. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, pretty sure that's that's how you. Yeah, say. yeah. It's you know it's interesting because um because all of a sudden yeah you're right the script just flipped a little bit um if we're gonna give the overall like um like who are we gonna say okay so obviously 
Green Bay um, is like pretty good at both of these. Um, none of these teams has. I would give Tampa Bay the overall. Yes, definitely. Well, I mean, yeah. If you want to look at like opponent points per game, you know, Tampa Bay's the best. And it's Tampa Bay. But, um, but um, yeah. So it it really comes down to which is more important: having a good run defense or a good pass defense, and. You know, I don't know. That's very. That's a very good topic to debate, actually. Um, cause although, yeah, although if you look at total, it goes Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Buffalo, uh, Chiefs. So if you're looking at overall defense, that's where I would go, pretty much. Right? If you're looking at overall points per game, or not points per game, yards per game. Points per game could tell a different story. Although it's Bucks, Chiefs, Packers. Yeah. yeah so. Although that court that kind of makes sense because um, the Packers, Chiefs, and Bills are a higher scoring team. They're going to allow more points. Although it also makes sense because the Bucks allow less yardage per game. I don't know, I, I would I, if if I were going overall defense, Bucks, Packers, Bills, Chiefs. That's my order. Um, with Bucks, Packers being a separate tier from the Bills and the Chiefs. You'd put the Bills ahead of the Chiefs. Yeah, all statistics lead to them having a better defense. They have a lot of, they have better talent. They have more sacks. I would give them a better, better defense overall. I, oh, I don't know if I one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, I actually, yeah, I, uh, you know, that's a very close one. That's a very, very close one. Because they literally they literally let in the exact same amount of points per game, right? Every game. Um, well, then you have to look yeah, at exactly. the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that means towards Yeah, budget. so... Okay, sure. Yes, Buffalo could go here, but... um, It's very close. It's kind of a wash, in my opinion. Um, it, it, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't really make much of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I think we spent enough time. Yeah. In the although NFL. I will say one thing. Um, I will say one thing. Um, yes. Some of you guys may have been detecting a theme here, um, and that is that. Um, uh, it's sad to say for Buffalo, but uh, they kind of ended up at like the bottom of every single category. Um, Josh Allen was the worst quarterback. Yeah. They had the worst running back group. They had the worst receiver group. Worst receivers. And they were basically tied with uh, Kansas City. Um, oh, they had the worst rush defense. They were basically tied with Kansas City for pass defense. But um, yeah. Buffalo definitely has the, Although, is, is I the think, underdog here, I would say, is, would be the conclusion to be drawn. Yes. Although, Patrick Mahomes, I'd give, give a 20% chance of playing in the game, in the conference That's conference a good point. Game. If he doesn't play, Buffalo's pretty much a lock to win. Yes, probably. So, I'm pretty sure the spreads will reflect that. Especially if Patrick Mahomes is listed as that. Yeah. But it means... uh I would say the Bills are probably going to make it. But it means, you know... So... I'm not getting ahead of myself because I know that the Bills have the capacity to have a crazy game in which no team would be able to beat them, right? But it's looking like if Patrick Mahomes is not in... Which I actually do suspect he might end up being in, just because, you know, 
playoffs. He's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, although he looked very knocked out. Uh, yeah, in his, in that yeah, I, I, yeah, it's true. He was like... But, yeah. like, are they going to follow the exact concussion protocol? Who knows? Probably. Probably maybe. I, I don't know. But the point is, um, I think that the matchup to watch will uh, be um, Green Bay versus Tampa Bay because the winner of that game could end up being definitely not a lock for a Super Bowl, but a pretty good favorite for the Super Bowl. So, well, yeah, whoever's going to win that game is going to be in the Super Bowl and have a 50% chance of winning. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, if the Bills win, I think that they're, you know, definitely better than the Bills. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. It's NBA time. We had a giant trade. Um, I'll just recap it. Rockets gave away James Harden. Um, got a boatload of picks, first-round picks, um, some swaps, four first-round picks, four pick swaps, although I don't think they'll need them because they're going to have a higher yeah, pick the Nets than the Nets, good. probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, they got some scrubs, and then they had Karis LeVert. They ended up with Victor Oladipo. So they gave away James Harden, got some first-round picks, and Victor Oladipo, pretty much. Um, the Nets, they gave away... A lot um, of first-round picks. Two role players, a ton of first-round picks, and one of their top five players in Karis LeVert. They got James Harden and a second-round pick from the Cavs in 2024, although who even remembers those? Um, the Cavs, they gave away a first-round pick, <clears throat> Dante Exum, and a second-round pick. They got, um, they got some role players. And then the Pacers had Victor Oladipo. They gave him away. They got Karis LeVert. So... It's time for our um, our trade grades, as we're calling them. Um, so, shall we just start? I think we should start off with the teams that didn't really do anything. Yes. Right? So, that's the Pacers. So, they gave away Victor Oladipo, and they got Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert has been playing very, very well. And whether that's a product of him being on the Nets with uh, KD and sometimes Kyrie. He was good last year, but, too. Um, He's a solid um, upcoming okay, player. Okay, so, so it wasn't. Yeah, he's a solid solid player. Victor Oladipo is a solid player towards the end of his. He was coming off the bench, wasn't he? Career. He was coming off the bench. He was not. No, but he was. He, was he wasn't the number one option. He used to be an all star. He had a. He had an ACL injury. He used to and be an all star. He's, yeah. He's. Now. How old is he? I don't know, but once you have an ACL injury in the NBA, especially because Victor Oladipo, I, when he was when he was good, he wasn't like good. Like he wasn't particularly a high flyer, but you know. He was in the slam dunk contest. Um, he was good a lo- due in a large part to his athleticism, and an ACL tear for a guy like that is pretty devastating. So he's he's I think his best days are days are behind him. Sorry. He's twenty eight. He should so, be in his prime, I mean, but he's, he's not. He's on injury. the Yeah, I think he's sort of on the tail end of his prime. But I think it's that's a pretty even, that's a pretty trade, even trade. Right? The Pacers got an even player that's younger. I would a give B. the Pacers a B plus because he's younger, sure. I think they got, they got the they got the uh, the better deal on that. I okay, think sure, sure. Deal. Anyway, um, so next we have the Cavs. They um, I don't even know why the Cavs were yeah, doing this. Yeah. They gave away um a first round pick, but it wasn't theirs. It was Milwaukee. So that's not going to be a very good. And they give away. Yeah, oh, second round. So and they gave yeah yeah um, they gave away a second round, but they also gave away a first round. Yeah. Did yeah, they? the second round pick wasn't from Milwaukee. The second round pick was just the first. I mean, oh uh, yeah, yeah, right. 
Okay, so, and then they gave away this guy named Dante Exum. Not very who was not very good. Um, yeah, he's not that good. In his career, he averages five points, a couple assists, and a rebound or two. Okay, yeah, he's yeah, he's not good. So he's a scrub. He's he's a, he's a scrub. Um, yeah. So a bench player, a couple, um, two picks, pretty much in the same spot, right? Like beginning, second round, and yeah. first round. Sure. Um, and then they got Jared Allen. Who is a rebounding guy? He's like he averages. He's a 10 rebounding 10. a block shot guy. Um, block shots guy. He's a very good shot blocker. Very good rebound protector. Yeah, and then Tarian Prince, okay. who Tarian, um, Tarian, who um, is not very good. Yeah. And I mean, it is clear. That's not yes, but but Asher, Asher, we can't forget yeah. the rights to. Alexander Vezinkov, who was the 57th pick in 2017. Yeah, I think that's just going to be like a bodyguard for Colin Sexton or Andre Okay, Drummond. sure. I don't think Andre Drummond needs a bodyguard. He sounds like a Russian bodyguard. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. But he sounds like a he sounds like a ex-KGB Russian bodyguard. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Tari with an E. Um... He's, um, you know, this season he's eight points, three rebounds. He's another He's scrub. a role player. So basically, basically, they gave up um, a couple picks in a scrub for two scrubs and one seventh man. That, he's like a DeAndre yeah. Jordan type. So it looks like um, they're trading away me. I give them a C. And they're getting a rebounder. I'm, pr- I'm pretty much going to say they're probably going to get rid of Andre Drummond. Try and get someone young or some, yeah. Because you know, Andre Drummond's a very good player, but he's like he commands the offense. They don't really want that, so they're gonna give him away. Um, and yeah, I'd give them. C, I'm gonna give them a C on C this minus, one C plus. because look, yeah, the Cavs suck right now. The Cavs are awful. They they should yes, they should not be exactly. They should be praying with every pick that they can get, that they are going to get the next big thing. You know what I mean? They should not be yes. trading away picks for scrubs. That doesn't make any sense. That makes me think that they're not, they don't think that they're in a rebuilding mode, which they are, definitely are. If anything, Jared Allen might make them a little better, which, look, that actually is not a good thing for them because uh, that makes their pick a little uh, lower, potentially, first round pick. To be honest with you, um, I respect the fact that they're not completely taking tanking because I don't think that tanking is good. But in the NBA, where everybody yeah, tanks, they really should be tanking. That's what they should be doing. So, you know. Yeah. Okay, now on to the real deal. Nets Rockets. Rockets gave away um, James Harden. Um, just forget the carousel for part. They got um, four first-round picks. Four pick swaps, um, two scrubs, and Victor Oladipo. Yes. So the Victor Oladipo thing was like... He's a solid player. I wouldn't... He's a starter. I, I just say B. Like, whatever. Whatever. Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo. Who cares? You know? Oh. Yeah. The Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo trade? I think they okay. lost that trade, really. I think they should have kept Karis LeVert. I would give them a C on C that. Major. C. 
But I, I'd give him a um, B minus. I think that total. Victor Oladipo is a little better than Karis Levert. Um, and who total. knows? Maybe they can unlock Victor Oladipo. He was he was mad at the Pacers. He kind of forced that trade because he didn't think he was getting enough touches. Yeah, who was, knows? Maybe he's good, and the Pacers just don't believe in him. So he's proven that he's an All Star before. Yeah. I'd actually give that a B plus. Uh, or I give them both a B. I give them both a B. I think that on the one hand you have a guy with potential. On the other hand, thought, you have a guy who might be better than people think. So I don't know. I don't think they should have traded away Karis LeVert, though. Karis LeVert is really Karis good. Karis fine. Like, no, not fine. Karis LeVert is pretty they, good for if, a young if player, Victor Oladipo, but whatever. Here's whatever. the thing, though. If Victor Oladipo really, really wanted out of Indiana, why did he get such a good return on that? Like, why couldn't the Rockets have just given him, like, not as good as a player? Because they know that he's a right? good player. Like, um... Like, what's his face? Like, John Wall or something. John Wall's good. Um, uh, Actually, I'm not sure how good she... Sure, how good he is anymore, but... Although, uh, no, I think he's pretty good. But anyways, the real deal. James Harden for um, a solid starting guard, whether it was Karis LeVert or Victor Oladipo, and four first-round picks. Forget the scrubs, forget the pick swaps. They're really not going to need that. Maybe they will in 2027, because really, who knows in 2027. But... Yeah, or, but if they could have gotten more first-round picks, first I would picks. not have done sacrifice pick swaps for first-round picks. But, I mean, if the... If the I mean, they're going to have like, why not three first-round first picks okay, next year. Sure. They're going to have three first-round picks next year. Uh, right? N- no. They're just going to have two. Yes. Plus their own. No, no, no. A pick swap, a pick swap doesn't give them, like, an extra pick. No, in 2022, they're going to have Milwaukee's, the Nets. Oh, that's right. My bad. I forgot about the about Milwaukee. Yes, you're right. They will have three yeah. first-round picks last year. Yep. They're, re- they're rebuilding. I th- I'm giving them an A. Yes. A plus. 100%. Whatever you want to call it. Extra credit. They get a 200. They get a check plus. I don't know. Whatever your grading system is, they get a 5 or they get a 1 or whatever you want to call it. Hun- 10 out of 10. Um, James Harden wanted out. He was not playing well, and they ship him off, and they get a very, 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 very loaded deal. Yes, very. And look, all it takes is one. You get three first-round picks. It's three people. You get um, Rodinus Krukus. You get Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo. Sorry. Um, it's one, two, three, four, um, five, six, seven people for one person. It's a seven-to-one deal. All you need is one person to to be that breakout star. Or even just have, like, two people be very mm-hmm. good players. And you win that trade. No. Because, um, well, first of all, Victor Oladipo has already proven that he's a very good player. And when he is, if he's healthy, he can be yeah. an all-star. And add um, six more players that could potentially be really, really great. And you win that trade. Especially when... You have someone who's frustrated and he wants to get out. I think they won. Yeah. The so I have giving away Harden. Yeah, I kind of um I have yeah. an interesting take on that. This one I agree with Asher, and I think one of the reasons why the Rockets won this trade so well, or pulled off this trade so well, was because um they um okay so the Nets obviously are in a win now mode. They want to win the championship this year, right? Yes. So. I think it was very smart of the Rockets to take a deal with the Nets because the Nets, because they want to win now, 
They don't care about their first round picks in the future. They're not worried about the future. They're worried about the now, right? There are two teams that have phases yeah. that a team could be in, worried about the future and worried about right now. They're worried about right now. So the Nets are more likely to give up future first round picks because they already have such a good team than another team, right? So I think it was very smart yeah. for them to target the Nets in this trade. And obviously, they got a lot out of it. So... On the other hand, though, the first-round picks from the Nets probably won't be as good because the Nets are really good. So it comes with its pros and cons. But overall, I think they got a good amount from, from the Nets. So I think that's solid. Um, Now, I wouldn't give them, like, an A+. I'd give them but I, I'd give them a solid A, I think. They, they, got a good, they got a good value out of it. James Harden, I, you know yeah. what? I think there's something called the James Harden problem. Where you have a guy who does not care about his team whatsoever, right? And we saw it year after mm-hmm. year. The Rockets, when they first got him, they tried to put a bunch of players who would be suited well around James Harden, right? But that didn't work. So then they tried to get Chris Paul and put him with James Harden. Chris Paul didn't like it. That didn't work. They tried to get Russell Westbrook and put him with James Harden. Russell Westbrook and James Harden did not get along. That didn't work. Now, people were saying... That Russell Westbrook was the issue, but that's not true. The common theme here is James Harden. And now with all the stories that are coming out with him saying, oh, or people saying like James Harden wasn't a hard worker. James Harden didn't care about his team. He was like being mean to his teammates in practice and all that stuff. James Harden seems like a really big, almost like a problem. And I actually think that the yeah. Nets lost this trade. It, that's, you summed up exactly what I was yes. Yeah, I think that... Right Nets, on the button. Right yeah. on the button to be honest with you, Nets management seems kind of stupid. Because, first of all... Uh-huh. Although, I mean, look at it from their perspective. James Harden led the league in scoring last year. He's still a great sure. player. And you have, to, you have to acknowledge that. He's a top five player in the league. KD is also a top five player in the league. Kyrie 15. is a top 15, 20. 20. 20. Yeah, 20. You have a super team. And... Look, this is a Nets team that has never won an NBA championship, and suddenly, I mean, look, last free agency, some had cap space. They had a ton blue. of cap space where they had a ton of money to spend. I know, but still, like, out of the blue. I mean, it's Katie and Kyrie's world. They get to decide where they wanted to go. I mean, yes, it's it's Brooklyn, but, you know, they go to they go to Brooklyn, and... It's just kind of random, um, yeah. It Brooklyn. was pretty much... It was kind of random, but it was pretty much only only Kyrie for that first year because Katie was had his um his Achilles injury, and now they add James Harden. Just Katie and Kyrie alone is pretty much enough to be favored to win the NBA yeah, championship. Yeah, well, here's the thing: uh-huh. add in James Harden. Who cares about their bench? They can just cycle two of the three people in yeah. for the entire game. Have them play forty yeah. minutes each. They're, who's going to stop them? Here's the issue. I don't, right? yeah. I mean, Harden and KD alone. Yeah, yeah. You know. But the, the issue is... It's going to be interesting. They have a game today against the Bucks. Ooh, that'll be a good the one. The Bucks are a really good team. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see yeah, what's going but, on. Okay, here's the thing. I don't like Kyrie Irving's game. And I also don't like James Harden's game. Both of those guys dribble way too much. The, all, the best player that you can have yeah. is a player... Who can score? Who yes? K 
can score with the ball in their hands. Obviously, it's always good to have a player who can do that. But the best score you can have is a guy who scores off the ball. Because then they're not clogging up the ball. They're not taking up possessions. And that is the reason why James Harden has not been able to win championships. It's because he hogs the ball and gets way too many iso plays. And that's not how you're supposed to play basketball. The ball, the um, Basketball teams are best when you're moving the ball around. And we've seen that with the Nuggets. The Nuggets are much better than the sum of their individual pieces, right? Um, but they manage yeah. to do that because they move the ball around so well that all of a sudden, all of these players, just they benefit from it so much. Now, when you have a guy who has to have the ball in their hands to score, there are only so many possessions to go around. You can't increase the number of possessions that you have in a game unless you're a phenomenal rebounding team, which they are not, right? So... Now and yeah. this now they're not now that they don't have Jared Allen. So now, basically, James Harden and Kyrie Irving are going to have to split the amount of touches between them. So now, because they're off ball, they are because they're not off ball players. They are not going to be as effective. Furthermore, I can see a huge, huge, huge personality clash between James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Oh, def yeah, that that's the main issue for yes. me. If if those three do not, like, have a ton of chemistry between them. This Nets experiment will yes. fail. I think they can manage, Steve Nash can manage these tempers, and if they can stay healthy, who's going to There's another them? issue. There right? is one more issue. The defense. Yeah. Kyrie Irving and James Harden are both awful defenders. Yeah. <laughs> Their backcourt defense is going to be really, really bad. So even if they do hash it out, I am still going to take the Lakers being better than them. Or, you know who I'll take being better than them? The Celtics. Yeah. The Celtics, the Heat, and the Lakers, I and even maybe the Bucks, I think are still better than the them. Heat. Because the defense Heat. is half the game. Kyrie and James Harden cannot play defense at all. And that is a big, big issue. Like, the, like the reason... Okay. Okay. When you look at my, Miami and the Lakers, both are phenomenal defensive teams, right? That is why they got to yes. be at the level that they are now. Even Golden State. Clay Thompson is a really good defender. People don't give him credit for that, but he is a very good defender. And also, why do you think that the Toronto Raptors won to Golden State in the finals a few years back? Their defense. Because Golden State lost pretty much everyone in the middle of Oh, that. yeah, yeah, that's right. But still, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, you, but even because of that... Um, the defense, defense, as they say, defense wins championships. I mean, I'm not going to say defense is any more important than offense because it's not. They're equally important. But when you have guys who are so bad at defense, that's going to be an issue. Whereas you have, when you're comparing them to people like LeBron and Anthony Davis, who are both very good defenders, right? I I'd take them any time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think that, I think that James Harden and Kyrie Irving are massively overrated. I think that there's only so good you can be when you have to take six dribbles at like six dribbles to get a shot off. There's only so good your teams are going to be. I don't think it works. Um yeah. when you look at there's been no championship team that there's been no championship team ever that had a guy like Kyrie or James Harden. People say Steph Curry, no. Steph Curry scored most of his points off the ball. People don't realize that. But um you know the 2009 Lakers. With Kobe. With Kobe Bryant. Uh, yes, but that, that's uh, kind of. Kobe was the, like, here's the thing. Kobe was so good 
that he could kind of carry a team to a championship. You see what I mean? Kobe was so good that he could kind of carry yeah. a team to, to a championship. James Harden and Kyrie aren't good enough to do that. So, yes, but that was because his the amount of possessions he got came at the sacrifice of his teammates' possessions, but he was so good that that didn't matter. You see what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. that's th- there are some exceptions, but usually guys like James Harden, they, they're, they're not championship winners. They're just not. Um, neither, nor is Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie Irving did win with LeBron, but Kyrie Irving was a very different player at the time. Um, Kyrie Irving wasn't doing crazy dribbling stuff. He wasn't doing that at the time. So, yeah. Okay. Um, tangent aside, um, I give the Nets a C minus. Agreed. Because the only reason it's not an F is because um, the the Seventy Sixers and the Celtics were both involved in this, um, trying to get Harden, and they didn't give up really any integral piece to their yes. offense, right? They added one. Except Jared and Allen. Who, yes, they, they gave away they gave away a lot of their he's not a he's, well, not he, a, but he's um, a rebounder. They gave away I don't, know. I don't know about that. But they have DeAndre Jordan. It doesn't really uh, matter. Ah, that's a good point. Um Katie can rebound, Kyrie can rebound, James Harden. Okay, no, Kyrie and James Harden can rebound. Um James Harden can kind of Sorry. Kyrie Katie can, can rebound. But whatever, rebound. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, um yeah, the only reason it's not an F is because they God, James Harden, I think for probably a discount because he really wanted yeah. out of Houston. And had he not wanted out of Houston, he would have been – it would have been – I think that's a good deal. point. Look, I mean, like, this is pretty much equitable to what the Lakers got AD for, I believe. Uh-huh. Right? And the, the Lakers got AD for, like, seven yeah. draft picks. And um, AD is – AD was at the time – not as good as a, pl- a player as James Harden is now. That's yeah. all I have to say. Okay. So you, we can yeah. debate that, yeah. but well, it doesn't really uh-huh. matter. So yeah, for my grade, um, yeah. I'd actually give them a D plus. I think just below okay. Asher because look, I think that the Nets were already good enough to win the championship. If it's if it's not bro- like broken, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Yes, they, they didn't, didn't need Harden. Harden. The that only was, that was, the that was only thing that could happen. I don't think he's gonna have any benefit now. Best case scenario, now he and Kyrie Irving are splitting the touches, and it's the same as before, right? Oh, no. Maybe well, a little better. Maybe a little better. You don't have... You don't have, It's really tough if you have a team that can guard one offensive superstar. True. You don't really have a team that can guard two. True. There are no teams that can guard three. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the Lakers are probably the best defensive team in the league. In fact, I think they are. LeBron James and Anthony Davis can guard superstars. There's no third guy that can guard it. That's true. Superstar. I mean, maybe Montrezl Harrell. Montrez. Miami, the Miami Heat, actually. Jimmy Butler on James Harden. Or, like, Jimmy Butler and Tyler Harrell. Tyler Harrell is not quite as good at defense, but he's pretty good. And Bam Adebayo. He's so not. So they're pretty good at defense. But, um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, best case scenario, best case scenario, honestly, in my opinion, it's basically the same. Um, I, I get what you're saying, Asher. Maybe they get a little better basic best case scenario, but worst case scenario, big big conflict between James Harden and Kyrie Irving. One exactly. or both of That's these, why those guys ends up leaving. Maybe probably what ends up happening is maybe Kyrie Irving ends up leaving, and then, uh oh, now you have James Harden on your team. As a, it's never good to have James Harden on your team. What I've learned is James Harden. Yeah. It, it's. It was a stupid deal by the Nets. The, the only thing he could do 
It becomes it, yeah, it a can, scene. It can incite conflict. It can. James Harden is a problem. Um, it can. It. it and T will just be splitting touches with Kyrie now. There is basically no offensive upside to this trade. The only thing it will do is cause problems and cause a lot of drama on this team. It'll make their defense worse. Their defense is worse now. It's it was not a smart move by by the Nets. Just because somebody is a superstar doesn't mean you should get them. That's this is like this is front office one oh one. I I don't know what's going on with the Nets front office. I think that I I I no, I wouldn't say that like you know anybody could run it better than them, but they are clearly not the best front office in my opinion. Um, well, I mean they did get three superstars. That's true, but, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just gonna say, uh, I think yeah, you gave them a D plus. By the way you're talking about your grade, I would think you'd give them an F. I'm just yeah. the only reason is because I disagree. I think there is some offensive upside, right? Like okay. adding this, okay. you know. Their points per game is going to skyrocket. I guarantee you that. But yeah, okay. I think we should yeah, just, I just that. yeah. We've already yeah. been going for a little too long. Okay, yeah. So, so that'll do it for our show. We went over our predictions records, where I have taken a lead in the uh, spread rankings over Jackson. Recap the divisional games. Our um, NFC AFC championship teams preview the final four in the category rankings. In our Friday slash Saturday, we don't know when it's going to be out, um, show, we will delve into those games. Like, it's only two games. We can spend as long as we want on them. And, um, yeah, so that, so that was our show. Um, please, if you have the time, just scroll down and tap those, leave a review, tap the five stars. It's a game. If you tap the five stars, um, it says thank you for your feedback. And that means you won. So, tap the five stars. Subscribe to. Um, and... Subscribe so you can get all the episodes, and you can get notified when the new episodes come yeah, out. Yeah, so believe, it helps. Also, I believe um, that. it would be yeah. doing us a favor because that makes our downloads go up, which it, means that this podcast, if you enjoy it, which presumably you do if you subscribe, um, will be able to be seen by more people. And if you're listening so, to the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. Also, share us with anyone you want to um, because we would enjoy more people mm-hmm. listening. Um, yeah, so... Thank you, and so long. We'll see you on Friday. This has been your weekly sports breakdown. Goodbye. Bye.